Hi, I'm Kelly Shan and this is my podcast, Life Journey. I hope you find some inspiration and happiness for your own life in the words and experience from my guests. This episode is brought to you by Strategic Media Partners. SMP is your one-stop shop for all your business advertising and marketing solutions. The team can help you with television, radio and digital marketing, graphic and website design, commercial signage and photography services. Find them at strategicmediapartners.com.au. Mary O'Brien is passionate about helping bushmen talk about their mental health and spreading awareness about depression in the bush. Through her platform, Are You Bogged Mate?, Mary is breaking the stigma around mental health problems and encouraging men to seek help when they need it. Mary has also started educating women how they can best help their men. I recently caught up with Mary when she visited our region for Burgers, Beers and Being Bogged, which is a dedicated blokes night. If you'd like to find out more about the great work Mary's doing, head to www.aubogmate.com.au. Mary, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today and welcome to Claremont. Thanks for coming up. And Thanks for having me. You're speaking tonight at the commercial, at the commercial hotel. Yes. Yep. Yep. So you're an agronomist? I'm actually not an agronomist. I'm a plant scientist. Ah, yeah. okay. Yeah. All right. But you specialise in spray drift, don't you? Yeah, in yeah. spray application yeah. spray oh. application technology and drift management. Yeah, right. well, spray best practice. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, radio, yeah. And um, Mary, from your work in the industry, you started A Bogged Mate. So tell me about where the name came from for a start, how you made that correlation between mental health and the bogging. It, it started, unfortunately, with a couple of um, suicides in my area. Mm-hmm. And I guess I started to question my skills in this area and figured out that I had none and that didn't take very long to work that out. And I got concerned because I travel around Australia and speak mostly to men mm-hmm. that I didn't know how to identify the signs and symptoms. I didn't know how to know when someone was, you know, very sad or depressed or had a, you know, very stressed or any of those things. So I started to do some research to essentially upskill myself in that area. And I did a lot of reading and there seemed to be an undercurrent or a common theme in what I was reading that there was something wrong with country men. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and that kind of upset me because I've spent my whole life working with country men mm-hmm. and I think they're fine, just how mm-hmm. they are. Yeah. Um, so I, I decided to write something about that to really just to let country blokes know that I understood them or that I cared about them and that they were okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I use a lot of analogies in, in what I do explaining things. So I, I love that because I've you know done a bit of research on you and I love all the metaphors and they're so practical, Mary, and I think um, that that makes, makes it easier, I guess, to communicate. Yeah, and particularly with, with country men, they're very um, practical people, mm. and if you can explain something in a way that makes sense to them, then they understand it and they can implement it and, and do that. And I, I guess I've done that with the spray application stuff, or at least tried to mm-hmm. um, tried to explain reasonably technical stuff in a practical, hands-on way. Yeah. And 
I thought I'd just take the same approach with this. Mm-hmm. And, it, yeah, I was sort of, you know, that m- mental health or depression getting sort of bogged down. And um, that's where I come up with the analogy. It's like getting bogged, mm-hmm. that when we bog a vehicle, we can get ourselves out sometimes with four, you know, put in four-wheel drive or use a winch or something. But when we get really bogged, we actually have to ask someone to come and help us. Yeah. Now, that might be our neighbour, it might be our partner, it might be someone else from, you know, further away. Mm-hmm. But we, we actually have to ask for help. And that's not easy because, you know, often you get paid out on and everyone talks yeah. about it for ages. Oh, so-and-so got bogged. Yeah. But um, so it is quite difficult for them to even ask when they're physically bogged. But when they're mentally or emotionally bogged, it's even harder. And, I th- you know, I guess the analogy is that we can always get that vehicle out, mm. that we we don't just set fire to it and go, well, that's too hard. Mm. So that's, yeah, the, the gist of what it's about. Yeah, yeah. When, when you said before that you noticed there was something wrong with our bushmen, what did you think was going on? Well, I guess that I didn't realise that there was anything wrong as such um but all of the the information literature was saying that there was something wrong with them they didn't communicate and they didn't express their emotions and and i thought well they do but you just don't understand the way that they do it Mm -hmm. that they don't um do it in that inner city textbook way that i guess psychologists want them to they do express their emotions but it's just not the way society wants it, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I just wanted them to know that it was, it's okay. They're okay just how they are. Um, but yeah, the research showed me that there was, there is actually a problem out there with mental health or depression with suicide rates. And mm-hmm. when I found the suicide rates for rural men, it was just, I was absolutely shocked because I didn't, I didn't know. I mean, all my life I keep hearing of, you know, someone who has taken their life, but I didn't realise it was at what I would almost consider an, you know, an epidemic proportion in the country. Um, What, uh, when I was um, looking through your information, um, you drew the comparison between how many men in, because it's a, it's a global problem, isn't it? Yeah. But you drew the um, comparison between men living in the city and men in the bush, and the men in the bush are twice as likely to take their life? Is that correct? Yeah. So what are the figures? With the suicide rates in Australia, um, 76% of the suicides are men. Um, And then when we look at rural men, they are twice as likely to take their own life as city men. They are five times more likely to take their own life as city women. And, and they're pretty horrendous stats. Yeah. Why, why is that, do you think? I, I think it comes down to the, the stereotype of the Aussie bloke, that they, they are these tougher, they are a tougher breed, let's yeah. face it. Um, and, and they're, I guess, raised and trained and it's just not in their character to, sh- to, um, to reach out when they are feeling bogged because they, they still see it as, as a weakness and, you know, a flaw in their character or something. Um, but there's more and more research showing us now that a lot of um, male suicide is not necessarily linked to mental health, that it's, it's not a, um, a mental illness. And I think that's pretty good news for blokes in so much as they really struggle with that whole mental illness thing, that they mm. don't want to be branded with that. 
mm. and um, so I think it's it's just the stresses in life and the pressures that are on them um, that are leading to those rates. So it's it's obviously not good news to have those high rates, but it's it's good news that it's not necessarily mental illness. So. What else is it and what's going on that we can potentially work on? Mm. I had an interesting conversation this morning with one of my neighbours and because I was telling her you know, that I was coming over to chat with you and she knew all about you and um, she said that she believes, and I do too, that because of the work that people like you are doing, you're, making, you're breaking down the barriers and, and lessening the stigma around mental health and mm. making it easier or, well, maybe not easier, but more acceptable mm. for people to talk about it. And it's an actual thing. And, and we talk about everybody going through problems at some time and, and learning how to deal with those problems. Mm. Do you agree with that? That it's Yeah, and I, that is really what I'm trying to do is break down those barriers that to make it normal, because it is normal. Mm. Everybody has rough patches in life, mm. everybody. Um, and one of the questions I ask the audience when I speak often is, Put up your hand if every single thing you've ever set out to do, planned and started has worked out perfectly. Well, no one can do that. So it's very normal that we all go through sort of peaks and troughs and um, in our life and that's normal. And it's normal to sometimes need somebody to talk to about that. Mm. I think the other important thing is, particularly with men, is that they don't necessarily need to talk. They can just be. And, and be with other men and it's it's almost like a healing thing for them to spend time with other men um, and I do advocate man time um, I think women are a lot um, better equipped and and better at, at talking things out mm-hmm. and men don't necessarily talk it out they might eventually when they find someone that they're really comfortable with and that can often be um, a female whether it's a friend or a partner um, but yeah, men, men are just different, I guess. And, and we have to have programs and systems that work for them because everything is very focused and targeted around the way women express themselves, the way women communicate and the way women heal. There's nothing really for men. It's a little bit like men are from Mars, women are from Venus. And you, you just seem to have an innate ability to understand those differences. I think um, society today is so busy trying to make men and women the same and, you know, whether it be equality or whatever the agenda is, that they actually are missing the unique and, and great qualities that make them so different. Mm. And I think we need to appreciate that, the, the wonderful qualities and, and abilities that women have and men, rather than try and make everybody the same in this mashed up society that doesn't appreciate the differences mm, mm, mm. that's um that is so very true and i even know for myself i have um four beautiful friends that we go away, away every year on a girl's trip and we mm. you know we talk about our problems and we do a lot of laughing and um on the other hand my husband and his brother and father go out on a men's only fishing trip yeah. every year fathers and sons fishing trip there's about 30 of them that yeah, go right. and you know i know that they come back from that and they're feeling refreshed and honestly the stories mm. <laughs> for the next week yeah you, know, <laughs> you, you get a little bit over them but they you know yeah. that they've just had the but most wonderful relaxed. time and it's so good for them to connect it is. 
in that way. And I kind of think they do, um, you know, that bond, bond, yeah. and yeah, yeah. Um, and Mary, I also I interviewed um, last year a fellow by the name of Anthony Hart. I don't know if you've ever come across Anthony, but he's a suicide survivor. Mm. And the thing um, about Anthony's story was that he got to the point he didn't know that he had tried to take his life wow. until he woke up in hospital. And that really frightened me because he mm. had let it go on Did for so matter? long. Yep. And if he had only reached out earlier, mm. he may have, you know, saved himself so much anguish. Yep. Um, but, you know, he got out of the bog. And if someone like Anthony can get out of the bog yeah. doing what I think we all can. And it's... Um, it's interesting that you say that he didn't know that. That that's, is frightening. That is very frightening. And so what I strongly encourage people to do is learn what those signs and symptoms are so that when you see someone that you care about, you know, whether it's family, friend or colleague, whatever it is, that you are able to notice what those signs and symptoms are. And, you know, so many organisations and people say, oh, you know, when you're down there in that low spot, reach out. Well, he didn't even know he was there. Mm-hmm. And... I think that's part of the battle is that they're not thinking rationally and clearly so they they don't reach out so what i want people to do is reach in learn what those signs and symptoms are and reach in um because if there was a fight outside the pub and you know some bloke's mate was in the fight he would go and help him Mm. so this fight's inside and i think we can all reach in and you know and help in some way or try. Mm, mm, mm. And I think, um, you know, education and bringing it out into the open is so important. Um, Mary, we were talking before about the metaphors that you use and you use them so well and in such a practical way. Tell me about the four fence posts. So the four fence posts is essentially what I'm trying to do and, and break down those, those barriers um, around the stigma um, and connecting with the blokes in, in their comfort zone so going to where they are not being some organization that's just sending out brochures and pamphlets using those metaphors particularly when you're face to face with them and and talking in that practical way is just i guess helping to spread that message of normality that this is quite normal everybody has rough patches um and connecting them to the services so i do encourage local support services because i'm not a crisis support service um I encourage the local services um, in an area to get involved and come along to these events, whether they speak at these events that where I'm speaking or have a stand or information there um, so that these folks put a face to the name and get to know people and know what's available in their area. Um, that's, yeah, and advocating for men. So um, I was recently invited to participate on a panel at the bush summit Mm -hmm. but with the border closures i couldn't get there so that was about resilience and so that's just going to those policy makers and you know we're getting in front of those people to to highlight this issue that rural men in particular have and and rural people in general but um hopefully getting some changes at a higher level in the way that we deal with this or or organizations with all the money approach it um Mm -hmm. that they don't just hand out a, a pamphlet for them to read um or sit in the city and say, oh, you know, when you're feeling flat, reach out. So, um, yeah, I'm just trying to build that fence, I guess, around um, to find the way home. And I think in the where I when I first talked about the, the fence post, I guess we're all part of the fence. We might be the gateway to something else. And that's where some of our 
um, local support services um, can direct these blokes to better services or alternative services and keep an open mind about that. Um, and while some people might think building a fence is a barrier, to me it's to find the way home because when I was a kid that's what Dad always told me. If you get lost in the paddock, just go to the fence mm. and follow the fence. Mm. You'll always come to a gate yeah. and, and find that way home. So that's what the analogy about the fences and building fences and, and which part of the fence are you? Are you a post? Are you the wire to connect the post? Are you the, you know, the gate? So, yeah. 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 Oh, and that's, what I think, what makes what you were doing such a success because you do use those practical, the practical language that that people, normal people, can relate to. You know, mm. you know, our fellas don't want all fluffy, fluffy rubbish. mumbo jumbo, and yep. and not just our fellas either. I guess there's, you know, blokes in the city that are, mm. you know, like our blokes too. You know, and, yeah. and probably react the same way. And well, that's actually one of the the really heartening things that's come out of the recent landline story is the amount of different demographics or different groups of blokes that this appeals to and the response to that story from um, trucking companies. So, they, mm-hmm. you know, the truck drivers, they live in the city. Yeah. But they probably fit this mould and what I'm saying makes sense to them. So I've gone and spoken to um, truck drivers, um, yeah. emergency services, so police, ambulance, fire brigade, um couple of weeks ago I was speaking to the police officers in Brisbane so um, that's that's really good news that this or the way I'm saying this is resonating with more than just country blokes mm. and yeah that's it's retired football players Vietnam vets you know any of the ADF current or past members that's been really heartening to see that it's making sense to them as well mm-hmm. um, my friend I was telling you about before that I was speaking with this morning um, you know, she said we are so lucky that we live in this era now where, and especially for our our young men, our children coming up, mm-hmm. up through the ranks, that we, we're making it easier to talk and mm. making it, um, making less of a stigma around yeah. it and um, making people more aware and, and I guess too making, making people aware of what we can do to help and what we see and um yeah what are some of the causes of depression do you reckon in the bush that are most that you mostly see probably one of the most prominent um things that's impacting on men in general and not just the bush but particularly in the bush is um family and relationship breakdown and um now be that around succession planning or be that a marriage breakup um access to children is a massive thing um, the family court system is very biased against men. It's, um, it really does just treat them like criminals. And so I, I see a lot of men who are, you know, a long way from their children, um, not allowed to see their children, and they've never done anything, but this is just the family court process that it's just grossly unfair to the, to the fathers. And that's, that's pretty sad, actually. Yeah, yeah it's, I've got friends and know plenty of blokes who haven't seen their kids for two, four, six years, mm. eight, ten years even, yeah. which is just devastating. Yeah. All they want to do is see their kids and be a father. So, yeah. um, And, you know, I've talked to blokes who have driven from the bush to the coast to see their kids for a weekend. They get there and they're told they're not allowed to see them. Mm. You know, they've just driven 15 hours to see their kids. Um, so that's probably one of the main things. 
obviously there's drought, floods, fires. Just started raining. Just started raining. <laughs> I brought the rain deployment. Um, so there's those normal natural pressures that they have on yeah. them. But most of them are pretty well equipped to deal with that. That's a natural part of life in the bush. Mm. And yeah, we see some droughts that are, you know, beyond coping with. And certainly droughts that you can't plan for when you're looking at that eight, nine, ten year drought. But, you know, a three to five year drought, they can plan for that in their business and they can cope with it. It's tough. But it's it's some of those other things that are coming in that are not part of normal rural life, I guess. So, mm. yeah, family breakdown's a massive one. Yeah. yeah. Well, Mary, thank you for trying to bridge the gap and and um, make sure that our fellows in the bush are being, look at, being looked after and looking after themselves and being brave enough to step up and say, well, you know, things aren't easy. So thank you. And good luck tonight because I know you're speaking here tonight. Thank you. So thank you. hope it all goes well. Be good. Yeah. Should be good. Travel safely. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thanks for listening to my interview. If you'd like to hear more from Life Journey, subscribe to our podcast and we'll let you know when we have new interviews coming up.